It's so easy to get caught up in the treadmill of life, chasing money, building our net worth, planning for retirement, supporting our families, working long hours, and not spending enough time to do the things we're passionate about with the people we love. It took the COVID-19 pandemic to make many of us realize that our work-life balance was much more important for our long-term happiness, health, and mental well-being. I recently came across a book by personal finance expert Marissa Thakor, and it put a lot of my conditioned beliefs to the test about our constant chase for more money and success. Titled Money Zen, The Secret to Finding You're Enough, it turns out that we spend the better part of our adult lives accumulating as much money as possible and working way too many hours because that's what society expects of us. But as the great resignation trend took hold at the height of the pandemic, it became clear many people had found their enough and took a leap into the unknown. But how do we know when we've reached that enough stage when it comes to money and work? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is Carol Glynn, the founder of Conscious Finance Coaching, who's here to help us understand how to identify just how much is enough for our personal and financial freedom. But before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back to Pocketful of Dirhams, Carol. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. You're welcome. So you're a financial coach. Have you noticed that people are becoming more stressed about chasing money, working long hours, and society's expectation of being successful? Yes, I definitely have. And I, it's from two different elements. I've seen people feeling they need to earn more, but then on the flip side, that almost resistance, that burnout of, you know, I, I, I can't continue like this. Why are we always chasing money? Why are we always doing more? So there's two different mindsets at play here. It's really interesting. Um, but it definitely has become more exaggerated from my experience on both sides. Yeah, no, I think so. And I mean, it doesn't help at the moment as well that, you know, there's high inflation, interest rates are going up. So, you know, it feels like, you know, we're just having to work harder and longer just to, you know, get through each day, you know, paying daily expenses, um, supporting our families, etc. Yes, definitely. People are worried. I think uh, money stress, financial stress is really at a potentially an all-time high, or at least in recent years, because exactly what you said, inflation is rising, rents are increasing, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air, um, and then people want security, and they look then to money to say, can I give myself some security with that money? Where do I stand with it? And it's really driving a lot of worry and stress. Yeah, no, and it's understandable. But do you think that, you know, just looking on the flip side, do you think that, you know, people's feelings about, you know, all of this was accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic when more people were working from home and realised that they they did have a better work-life balance, for instance? Yes, I definitely do. And I think that's part of the resistance to it. So when I have conversations with people, it's coming up that, you know, things are getting more expensive. And before, maybe the reaction would be to work harder, work longer, you know, do something else to get more money to match it. 
Whereas I think since COVID-19, people's perspective has changed. They don't want to do that anymore. They're sitting in that, but I don't want to. I just want to enjoy my life a little bit more. And, and when is enough enough? Like, why isn't what I have enough? And there's more of a focus on living rather than always just like, okay, we need to keep up with the cost of living. Yeah, I mean, it seems that, you know, that it's something that we've been conditioned to accept, that we have to earn as much money as possible, we have to be wildly successful, we have to retire at, you know, X age, for example. Why do we find it so difficult to break away from that mindset, just to live a life that, you know, makes us happy rather than pleasing others and doing what society expects of us? I think we're so conditioned, like you said, it's so ingrained in us that even subconsciously money is the goal. You must work to have money. You know, we hear language constantly about, you know, you have to work hard to get ahead um, and you must sacrifice to get more. And we are so like even sub- like I said, subconsciously believe that and we're not ever or not. We are rarely exposed to another way. So the way I approach this is is. What you just described are what I call the shoulds. You know, you should be investing aggressively. You should be earning more. You should be looking for a promotion. You should have a side hustle, even that word hustle, you know, to have more money coming in. It's all more, more, more. And people feel the need that they need to do that because that's what they should do. Whereas the way I approach it is, is, okay, they're all ideas, but what do you want to do? So what are you trying to achieve? I know. And I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, we all know that, you know, for example, having enough, you know, put away for our golden years is really important. Mm -hmm. But with governments around the world increasingly lifting the age of retirement, should we be rejecting this? I mean, who wants to work forever? Um, You know, and isn't it time that we started taking control of our financial futures by embracing a more simple life? I mean, I see a lot, you know, a lot of people doing this, you know, every day, you know, and they're joining you know, things like, you know, this tiny house movement where people are just completely downsizing and living in much smaller homes, which means that they can save more money. They're not owing a ton of money in, in a mortgage. And then, you know, others, you know, are giving up full-time work and perhaps making a living from a hobby that they're passionate about. I mean, should we just reject this idea that, you know, you have to keep working until, I don't know, 65 years plus. I mean, that's not fun, right? And and I think that so many people, especially younger generations, Gen Z, they don't they don't want that. But then you see, you know, older generations, Gen X, for example, they don't want that either. I think a lot of a lot of Gen X don't want that too. You know, what you've just described is just another should, isn't it? So we're now told that the other option, rather than, you know, earn more, have the big house, have the nice car, that's a sign of success. You should be downsizing, living in smaller, living simpler. And again, I would say, okay, they're great ideas. What do you want to do? What is more important to you? Are you happy to live in the tiny house and save money and retire at 50? Um, And does that make you happy? Is that living in line with your values for what you want to achieve? Or are you, actually, that would make you miserable. You know, I couldn't live like that on a day-to-day basis. I would be really happy, right, unhappy right now. I would much prefer to live in a house that I can afford within my income bracket while also saving, but I'm happy to work until I'm 65 because right now what's important to me is, you know, this, And but I'm consciously deciding that I'm going to delay my retirement, but I'm also planning for that. 
And I think that's when you know what's right for you. Then you are deciding that I'm not going to live in the 10 bed mansion because that would mean I have to work maybe until I'm 85. But for me, I've decided these are my goals. This is important to me. And I'm deciding and I've listened to what other people have told me I should do, but I'm making that decision for me. And I think that's when then drives that feeling of enough because I'm not striving for something that someone else tells me I should do. And I'm not, you know, we talk about even pleasing others, moving into the tiny house because that's the kind of most recent, most popular advice that we're hearing. But I'm miserable. You're still making that financial decision and that lifestyle decision to please someone else. It's just a different form. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think as well, you know, I mean, we all need money. I mean, you know, money is just that, you know, part of life that's just so necessary. It's so obvious as well. And I mean, even if we are, you know, pulling back, there are, there are lots of people as well on the flip side who may want to continue working, but doing something that is more, you know, about their passion, for example, um, something that, you know, they get more pleasure out of and maybe not earning as much. You know, there's also that side to it as well. Yeah. And to me, that's my definition of financial freedom. When I am choosing to work and I am choosing what work I do, and if I'm getting paid and I can still live the lifestyle that I want, then that's great. But I'm, I'm not working because I have to, and I'm not working because I'm striving towards something that just keeps, you know, it's like that carrot keeps going out without my, outside my reach. So, and then I'm living happier right now. But again, it's back to knowing what's the right thing for you. And that's freedom. What about the signs that people should be aware of, that they might be getting close to finding their so-called enough and, you know, to, to help them finally get off that treadmill with the carrot dangling regardless of their age? I think when you start feeling a, a sense of security, that's the number one thing for me, that um, you're feeling like my bills are getting paid. I'm saving what I want to save every month. I'm working towards my future plans of retirement. I'm taking control of that because I'm not going to rely on a government that we don't know what the decision will be maybe in 20 years time. And you find yourself thinking, you know, even like sometimes it can just kind of hit us in moments that we're not really conscious of. And you think, I don't need any more. I don't need any more. But yet society has given us pressure to say, what's next? What's next? When are you getting a salary increase? When are you going for the next promotion? Why don't you think about doing this on the side? And if, and if you're not immediately jumping with excitement, then that can be a real tell to go, actually, I'm okay as I am. And then look into that. And that's not to say having more isn't good. It just means that you're not stressed about reaching more. And that's a great way to live. Yeah, it sure is. And I guess as well, it depends on a person's personality as well. And, you know, everybody's got different circumstances and, you know, maybe, you know, the thought of, you know, getting out of that, you know, those, those expectations that I have to earn more, I need a bonus, I, I have to work, you know, 100 hours a week or whatever. Um, otherwise I feel a sense of failure. You know, it's kind of, it, I mean, to me those are thoughts that, you know, really we shouldn't be thinking because it's not, it's not good for our mental health. Um, other people may think that that's okay. They love that sort of life, maybe. 
Yeah, there is a, there's a huge pressure to always be achieving with money. I work with a lot of individuals and couples, but like say even within the couples, the individuals, some are employed and some have their own businesses. And it's it's amazing how many times, especially business owners, will because it's a very safe environment with me, right? So we're talking about their true money situation and it's confidential. They will say they feel like frauds because on the outside, their business looks amazing. Their business is doing really well. But for them, the money that it's producing or the, the income they're able to take out of it for themselves isn't what they think it should be. And they feel like frauds because, and we have this conversation, well, what is your definition of success? And unfortunately, society teaches us success is earning what, what you think that should be. And while they love their job, they're living their passion, they're doing something that they truly believe in it's getting really tainted because it's not making what they think or what society tells them it should make. And, it, and it's really stressful. And that can, like you said, that can happen when, it, when you're employed as well. You know, I look at my peers and they're at such a level and they're earning such an amount of money and we're effectively doing the same job. I'm not good enough because I'm not earning what they're earning. For whatever reason, I'm earning less. And then that makes us feel unworthy, not good enough, and that we need more. Even though if you actually look at your own situation, you could be perfectly happy with what you're earning. You're living a nice life with what you're earning. You're planning for your future with what you're earning. But because we compare ourselves to others, then it puts the chinks in the, oh, well, maybe, um, maybe I should. That's back to the shoulds. Maybe I should be doing what they're doing. And that's really stressful. And, and it's really difficult to work through that if we're not aware of it. Yeah. So it, 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 that can lead a lot of like, I need to do more. I should do more. Um, and I'm not good enough until I earn whatever it is, or I can buy whatever it is, or I can pay off my mortgage. And that causes then people to just keep striving. So basically keeping up with the Joneses is not working for us. No, absolutely not. <laughs> keeping up with the Joneses is so, so stressful. And the biggest thing for me about keeping up with the Joneses is when we're living in that space, one and the flip side of it is we're conditioned nearly to do it. But then when we do, we're judged, you know, oh, like, why are you always looking for more? But yet, you know, society tells us you should be doing your best and achieving as much as you can. So it's a really conflicting approach sometimes. But also, if when you're keeping up with the Joneses, what is that? You're trying to achieve what someone else has. And then you think you'll feel good enough. Then you think you'll have enough. But unless you truly want what that person has in the sense of um, I want to live in an example I gave already a, a four bedroom house in this area because I see this family living there and they look really happy and that to me looks like success I then achieve that I work hard I can achieve that and I move in next door to them and suddenly I'm still not happy why what, what's wrong with me? What else do other people have that looks like they're happy and I can achieve that? Because we're looking outside of us. That's only going to give you a sense of enough and a sense of achievement and a sense of happiness long term if it's truly important to you. You might be someone who'd be very happy in the tiny house and spend your money traveling. But because you haven't looked at what's really enough for you, what's true to you, you're going after these carrots, you're keeping up with the Joneses in the search of feeling that it's good enough, that it is enough, that you've achieved. But that will just keep moving. Those goals, those goalposts will just keep moving. Each time you achieve that goal, another bigger one will present itself. 
And that's when you keep on the treadmill. Yeah, no. And I think that social media doesn't help as well. You know, everybody likes to put forward their idea of the perfect life, you know, how everything is so fantastic. But in fact, it's not. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what, what should people consider when they reach this enough stage? You know, what questions should they be asking? Is it about their net worth? Um, you know, how much they expect to spend during their retirement, for example, um, you know, where to live to maximise their funds. Um, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I would say it's all of that. So it's interesting how, in my experience, how few people are aware of their net worth. So I'd always start there. Um, and your net worth is, for anyone who doesn't know, is all everything you own minus everything you owe. So your bank accounts, any properties you have, any assets that you have, anything that can be sold, even your car. It's a depreciating asset, most cars, but you can still sell it for a value up until a point. And then you remove, that. that's all of your assets, and then you take away anything that you owe. So any credit card balances, personal loans, mortgages, maybe a loan on your car, all of that. And then that gives you your financial net worth. That is your true measurement of wealth. That is to me what you've done with your money so far, what you have to fall back on if you suddenly don't have an income, for example. Knowing that is really empowering because we tend to, when we talk about being on the treadmill, we're always looking to income. What is my income? What is my income? But income is not always guaranteed. It's in the future. It hasn't actually materialized yet. Even if you're employed, you know, things can happen. It's not in the bank yet. Your net worth tends to be somewhat what's in the bank already. So it's much more reliable measurement of your wealth. So start there and get your sense of financial security. If you're in a negative net worth in that you owe more money than you actually have access to, that your debts are higher than your assets, then that's something that you really need to look at to focus on. Then what's enough? That gives you kind of a little bit of a foundation. Then you need to look at what is it that you want to do? So... It's a real combination of looking at your cost of living and how you're living your life. Is there areas in there that you're just, it's a cost that's really not bringing anything to your life? Are you living in the big house, but really you don't need it and don't want it? You could reduce costs by living in a smaller house and maybe even be happier. Less cleaning, less electricity, you know, a lot of these things that you can save and you're happy to do that to then use your money for something else. And usually in those situations, using your money for that something else is what I call your future self you know, traditionally your savings, but your future self to the retirement, to your question of should they be looking at that? And then it's putting a bit of an effort into, okay, well, what is retirement for me? I'm now whatever age. I'm not, but let's assume someone is 30 um, and that they decide, you know what, I want to retire when I, um, I love my job, but I want to get to the point where I'm 50. It's a choice for me to work, whether I do or don't. I'm not saying I'm going to retire, but I want to have the option to. Because a lot of people now say, I love, I mean, we are in a situation where a lot of people are following their passions and they're loving their jobs and they don't plan to ever retire, but they want the freedom to make that choice. Then you look at, right, what would I do if I did retire at 50? Where would I likely move to? How much would that cost me to live in that location? And, and again, we can never know 100% sure. Obviously, if it's 20 year gap, you know, we, all we can do is with the information we have right now, what it would likely cost me to live in that time. And then what do I need to do to prepare for that? So you work backwards. And then let's say you have to put away a thousand a month to achieve that. Then you look at right, how am I living my life now? 
can I allow for a thousand a month to achieve this future goal while also living a life that I'm happy with right now? And if you can do both, to me, that's that's the kind of the perfect way to do it. And it's intentional. It's in line with what you're doing. It's not someone telling you, oh, you sh- your goal should be to live in this place at this time um, and retire at 50 and don't work because why would you? So it's really, again, bringing it back to what's important to you and then working out that plan. But you need the foundation of what is my net worth? What's my starting point? Where do I want to get to? And then make a plan to get from A to B. Thank you this week to Carol Glynn, the founder of Conscious Finance Coaching. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pfatthenationalnews.com. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app to receive updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Dua Farid. And I've been your host, Felicity Gilbert.